I ask myself a lot this question. What does it take to save a soul? And that's a hard question for me to ask because I struggled with this for a very good while, transitioning from parish life into military life. When I was a parish priest, when I went to the seminary, I was assigned to parishes that would be 5,000 families or so. We would easily have about 1,200 people at Mass. When I was an associate, uh, it was like, so if you have 1,200 people at Mass, you have 2,400 eyes looking at you, right? So um, it's, uh, coming uh, from a big church, right? Uh, from a big community, from from having uh, seven or eight masses on each weekend, and even when I was a parish priest of my own three parishes, the number of attendees from my own three parishes were more than the attendance that I have at the base right now. Huh? Or, especially when I'm assigned to a remote location where uh, the number of people attending Mass would be much fewer. And as a human person, sometimes I'm very resistant in accepting the change. Because I like stability, right? I like uh, the, to be stable, and that's the one thing that the military did not promise. The military that never promised stability at all. And we're being sent into uh, different communities, different places that are not so much based on quantity, but based on the quality of faithfulness. My brothers and sisters, uh, Deacon Paul uh, read the shorter version of the gospel today, but I invite you to go home, read the second part of the gospel, where the Lord Jesus asked his first disciples huh, to leave everything behind, he said, come after me and I will make you fishers of men. The radical leaving of our nets, of ourselves, in order to follow him, not only to fish according to our own human ability or understanding, but to be fisher of men, to cast the net out there, to preach the good news. To, what is the good news? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repentance is not a one-time thing. Repentance is a daily conversion, a calling of ourselves to return back to the Lord. Conversion of heart, not just the attrition, because we're afraid that somehow we're going to die die tomorrow or somehow we need to buy spiritual insurance just in case something happened. Repentance is that conversion apart in recognizing that the Lord had loved me and I need to change my way. Repentance requires us then to not be afraid of starting anew. So the journey where I'm at this moment right now requires me to repent a lot or to change my course a lot and not be afraid of starting anew. And that is way contradictory to my nature, right? I love to, to, to be stable. I love to, uh, to be a Paris priest, 
to get to know people, right? To have connection, to build roots, and to feel like I'm a part of a community. And being uprooted all the time and being challenged huh? uh, to move from one assignment, from one location to the next, is against my own human nature. But I accept that because I love Christ. And he calls us to follow him, to become fisher of men. Anyone in here have fished before? Raise your hand if you have fished before. I'm not a good fisher, um, but I know that if you throw your net out there or your pole out there, if the fish don't bite, what happened? Do you stand there for hours? No, <laughs> you move, right? And you move and especially the skills come in, right? Uh, being fishermen, uh, meaning that know the pattern, know the wind, know, know where the fish might bite. To be flexible, to move where people are. So to be fishers of men, meaning that we have to be flexible in moving and accepting God's will for me first as a priest, huh? so that the, the good news is being preached at all times, and not just with the amount of people that I think need to be, but according to the quality of love, the quality of, of encounter, and the quality of uh, genuine giving of myself to the people that are in front of me. So in the very same way to my brothers and sisters, I'm challenging you today, and I'm asking you this question. For you, what did it take for you to save a soul? What does it take for you to leave your nets behind and follow Jesus? You, not your spouse, not your friend, not your neighbor, but for you. What can you and I do to leave our everything behind and to follow Jesus? And to cast the net and to preach the good news. Have you preached the good news? Or are you preaching boring news? Or are you preaching fake news? My brothers and sisters, the good news set us free the good news tells us that even when we were sinners, Christ died for us and reconciled us to God, our Heavenly Father, so that we have the freedom to become His disciples and instruments of the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is living within us, and we're no longer enslaved by the things of this world, but to be free, to be who we are deep from within, beloved and belong to Him. That's the good news. And perhaps you are the only good news that someone might get to hear in their life. Have you ever thought of that? Maybe perhaps you are the only good news that someone will ever hear in their life. When you go to work, the people that you're working with, 
or the people that you don't like, or the people that you try to avoid, or the people that are hard to love at this moment, or the people you feel like, yeah, maybe not that person. Maybe with those people, the good Lord is tugging our heart to preach the good news to them. And not just with words, but with our very own life. Not just with verbal words, but our life and deeds by how we allow the good news of Christ Jesus to set us free. Those who live in darkness have seen the great light. We have heard in the gospel in the first reading today. Do you see the great light in your life? The light of grace that Jesus is changing you and me each day, challenging us to go beyond our own comfort zone, to grow where he had put us, to no longer hold on to our own quantifiable measures of what it means to be successful or what it means to be comfortable or what it means to be good for me, but what it truly means to love. Which leads me toward the second reading today from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. The Corinthian community was very divisive. Divisive of class, divisive of culture, the divisive of status, divisive in many different ways. If you don't believe me, go back to 1 Corinthians. You will read that uh, there were rich people sitting one place and then uh, the Jewish people sitting one place and the Gentiles sitting another place. And then somehow the other people think that, oh yeah, I've already had the covenant or I, I, I am supposed to be treated uh, differently. And they, they isolate other people away. And Christ said, if you receive the body of Christ and you're not reaching out uh, to your brothers and sisters, then what happened? Then the mystical body of Christ is being divisive within itself. And we see this in the church right now. And it needs to stop. So many people say, oh, I don't recognize Francis at the Pope. Or I only believe that uh, Benedict XVI was the real elected Pope. Or go back to, um, we stopped counting the Popes ever since the Vatican Council because they're all illegitimate. Or we follow these so-called inspirational speakers and things like that that seem to draw us in but only make us dependent on them. Who then is dividing us? Do those inspirational speakers and do those people that you find attractive to, do they lead you to Christ? Or do they make you dependent on them? By listening to them, are you deepening your prayer or do you feel more agitated and losing hope? Don't just listen to the message. Understand the intention behind it 
And if all those intentions are to divide you and to make you hopeless and make you question the goodness of God in His church, question who is speaking those messages. None of us follow Paul. None of us follow Apollo. None of us follow Peter. We follow Christ. Make sure of that. And his vicar on earth, the Holy Father, in all of his imperfections, is trying his best to take care of us. Is he perfect? No one is perfect. But if we open our mouth and begin to criticize leadership and talk about the things that are not important at all, but we never pray, never trust, never hope, never lay down our life, never convert our life, never change our life to follow Christ, then who are we following? My brothers and sisters, the devil is at work. And his name comes from the very Greek word, the abula, the one who divide. And if we allowed ourselves to be divided and let him creep in here and make a trust in someone else except Christ, then who are we loving? Every time we go to Mass, we get to hear His very own love given to us through the mouth of the priest. This is my body. This is my blood given up for you. Sometime, I don't know, in recent days, people love to talk about the end time for some reason. Do you know the end time? Can you control the end time? Then why are you so frustrated about it? Can you control your own end time? What if you talk about all these things, chasing about all these mysteries, and you go out and you drop that out there? Sorry. We're wasting time on the things that don't matter at all things that divide us instead of doing our best to seek first the kingdom of God. My brothers and sisters, be careful of what you're drinking, of what you're eating, of what you're intaking. Who is feeding you? What are you filling your days with? And who are you following? Don't follow a priest. Don't follow a theologian. Don't follow a bishop. Don't follow an inspirational worker or talk or whoever. Follow Christ. Read history and learn from history that we've been through worse, man. There were times when we had like three or four anti-popes. 
There were times when we had schisms, yet the church still stands. Why? Did Christ say that the church will always be perfect? No. He's promised that the gate of hell shall never prevail against her. Because she belonged to him. My brothers and sisters, I, I know my homily is very direct. Take it or leave it. But at the end of the day, I ask you to not worry about the things that creep in and steal your peace away from him. But come to him and receive his peace and listen to his call. Come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Come follow me. In your own state of life, in your vocation right now, if you're single, seek Christ as a single person in the world. If you're married, seek Christ as a spouse, as a parent, hmm? in your own vocation. And if Christ is calling you to the priesthood or religious life, don't say, oh no, choose somebody else. I'm too good for that stuff. No, whatever he calls us to, we have to follow him. Be at peace, knowing that the good Lord already won the world. And all we can do is that each day seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will follow at hand.